Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. And I'm your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. And... Okay, I'm so sorry. It's and, okay. We're going to make it through. We can do, <laughs> we can do two things. And we are actually bringing you a very spooky episode this evening about the Crescent Sanatorium and prison. Uh, we will be discussing the history of the hauntings and all that kind of fun stuff. But before we get to that, one final word from our sponsor. Which, to be honest, I kind of feel like I should just sing it throughout the next episode, just to, <laughs> just to throw it in there. Calm your body down. Uh, like I posted today, thanks everybody for just all the support over the years. And um, yeah, it's been great the last few years. Uh, everybody that's supported, it's very appreciated. And uh, like I've said, today's the last day. Um, any orders today will be shipped tomorrow. And then after that, uh, we are gone officially. So, um, just, yeah, thanks again for all the support. And, um, it's on Etsy, Calm Your Body Down. Um, and like I said, anything that's ordered tonight by midnight will ship tomorrow. So, thanks again. I'm low-key kind of salty that I don't have a tub anymore. Because <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to buy some. But I don't have a tub anymore, <laughs> so... It's not your fault. It's okay. Calm your money down. <laughs> you have a nice house. I do. You know, I was telling Alex, actually, I was like, you know, we the shower is big enough. If we wanted to actually redo it, we could put a tub in it. If we ever wanted to. Because I want a clawfoot. Because I'm a fucking extra bitch. You know what's really nice is those, and this is what we plan on doing at some point in the near future, uh, in the basement, is doing one of those, uh, like, with the, it's like a, since that one's just a stand-up shower, and, like, where it is in the corner, doing, like, one of those, um, seated spa tubs. Aw, oh, shit. With the door. Hell Catch yeah. me in that every single time we're done with the podcast. Hell, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's perfect. For that, I literally just tell her, I'll be like, honey, I'm going to be late that, every that, single Wednesday. Yeah. Because I'm jacuzzi in it up. Yeah, I have to be in this hot tub. She'd probably come with me. For at least like 30 minutes. And then <laughs> I'll be done. Like, am I pruny yet? Okay. And then we're... Am I a rule. raisin? That's always the rule. Am I full on raisin? <laughs> Do my lips have lips? Then we're... <laughs> Do I look like that episode when Spongebob and Patrick didn't have any water? <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. So, you guys, we are talking about ghosts tonight um, and spirits in a place that we... So, there's this... Okay. So, there's this show called Destination Fear. If you Love haven't it. watched it, watch it. Um, it is actually one of the best ghost shows that are out there, and me and Becky are very picky on them. Yes. Um, Especially since I've been watching them for years, and I think they just wrapped up their fourth season, and mm -hmm. fingers crossed they better come back. Um, the main guy on it is Dakota Layden. He used to, what he was a cameraman for Ghost Adventures, um, and then went and did his own show with his sister and two of his buddies. And um, 
kind of the same premise as most ghost shows. They travel around to different locations, except um, they kind of do it as like a, their, their style is more, and this is kind of, they do this more in like the first three seasons than I think they do in the fourth season. I think they put a little bit in there, but they travel around in an RV and kind of make it like a road trip and they go to different places and um, they give you like the history of it. And then they go right straight into the investigation. Um, we actually found out about Indiana state sanatorium from them because last season they were the first professional ghost hunters, like in like the first show to ever go in there and investigate. Um, and that place is amazing. Um, so yeah, this, it was, they went to Crescent their first, they actually did a part two because this place is so huge. So their first and second episode of their fourth season, um, of course, streaming on discovery plus, I feel like they really should, we just plug them all the fucking time. I really feel like they should sponsor us, but <laughs> because whatever. we love, we just like all the paranormal shows are on there. All of them. All of them are on Discovery Plus, and it's just worth it to have. And that was the first two episodes. And I, I've seen some real, like, we've had our own experiences in places, our own personal experiences in the past separately. We've watched it of shows where we've seen some wild things happen and seen some, like, crazy apparitions and stuff. But there were some real, like, there was some stuff that happened to them personally in this place that was wild that I had never ever seen or heard on another podcast or podcast on another go show <laughs> probably sound wise mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of that happens figures and whatnot but just in particular um and I think it just goes with the territory of this place how many incarnations it incarnations it had over a hundred years how many people died there how much suffering happened through the different incarnations of this of these buildings so um we are actually going to be utilizing two different wikipedia pages one that gives more of the history of when it was a state uh when it was a so it started off as a tuberculo tuberculosis sanatorium then it was a state mental health hospital. Then it was a prison. And that was all in the span. From it was 19, everything. It was, that was all in the span from 1913 up until 2013. I'm actually surprised they didn't turn it into an old folks home after that. And yeah, know, that it always seems, it always seems goes that like way. that kind of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. And now a um, movie production company, I think, owns it. Which is kind Does of wild, it? called Big House Productions. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, listen, especially the prison part of it, that they could, because that's still, that's so much newer. Because some of the buildings are really old back when it was first built in 1913. And then the newer buildings when it was a prison are in the early 2000s. So those buildings still look damn near brand new. And you could definitely shoot a movie in there. Oh, 100%. Yeah, totally. 100%, not to mention the fucking massiveness of it. You have so many different sets you could do with all that whole land. And what would be really fucking cool is that if they filmed something and caught a ghost while they were filming. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. Yeah, 20 buildings um, spanning 34 acres. 
only. Yeah. Only so. 34 acres. That's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. And if you want smack to actually. Smack in a small town in Pennsylvania. We looked it up. If you want to actually visit there, like an overnight ghost hunt, it is $600. Which, considering we just told you it's 34 acres, that makes sense to me. But at the same time, I'm not paying $600 to, no. I mean, and it sounds, yeah, like you were saying, it, 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 I think if you had a large enough group of people and maybe you could all like split it up together, I get it. But, and I like, yeah, you get it when there's that much space as well, but it's a lot of damn money. Especially, Especially when we have to drive, what, and eight hour, drive. hours? Yeah. yeah, so from where we are. <laughs> and get a hotel room, so. For sure. You're looking at it easily a grand a piece. Yeah, definitely. So, we're going to talk about when it was a hospital first, um, before we get into when it was a prison, and then we will talk about um, a lot of the hauntings that have happened, like the experiences <laughs> that people have had there and whatnot. And to be honest with you, there's a part of me that doesn't want to go here, but there's a big part of me that does. So maybe someday we'll see again. I feel you. I don't have the money for it right now, so that already is a no. I totally get it. <laughs> I I get it. I'm I'm kind of the same way, especially going back and re rewatching. Yeah, I think a lot of it, to be honest with you, is a big part of it is because of how fucking massive the area is. And how there's so many different buildings with so many different vibes. It's almost like you're, this is going to sound weird, but it's almost like you're getting a real haunt land of illusion. Where you're getting like so many different buildings that you can investigate that are so many different vibes. But you're able to go into each one. So it's almost like a real haunting land of illusion which i fucking would love anyway no i agree it's just a lot of the demonic things they talk about that i don't like and we haven't been to any you know a place that spread out besides indiana state sanatorium which was really cool yeah yeah well i shouldn't say demonic i should say demonic type things they've talked about like with the that thing in the church that does not yeah they just keep describing dark dark very dark 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 energy and every time i hear dark energy that's yeah how could you not like exactly first first place your mind goes is possibly demons okay so it was also it was okay so it was known as lawrence flick state hospital it was a state mental health hospital near Crescent, Pennsylvania that had several different names and uses before becoming defunct and converted into a prison in the 1980s, which is what Becky's going to talk about. Um, it opened in 1912 and closed in 1984. Um, <clears throat> it was located on Old Route 22, approximately one mile east of the town of Crescent in Cambria County has a rich history of service to the health and welfare of the citizens of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. That's actually closer to Pittsburgh if it gives people an idea of where it is in Pennsylvania. Yeah, because I'll be honest, I don't really know much about Pennsylvania besides Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. (laughs) Yep. That's about it. Beginning with the donation of the land by steel tycoon and philanthropist Andrew Carnegie and prescribed by the Act of Assembly in June 1910, 
the Crescent Tuberculosis Sanatorium was opened in 1916. The location was considered as ideal due to the abundance of fresh air and the treatments used to combat disease. The present administration building was built in the European style with gargoyles on the tower and crests of the Scot and the crest of the Scottish clans cut into the sandstone as a reminder of Mr. Carnegie's heritage. With the introduction of new drugs and treatments for tuberculosis, the need for sanatoriums declined. In December of 1956, the facility was incorporated into the Lawrence F. Blick State Hospital, being run by the Department of Public Welfare to treat the mentally ill. The facility remained in operation until December of 1982. The facility was used at first as a treatment center for tuberculosis uh, from 1916 to 1964, as the mountain air was supposedly good for treatment. Construction on the facility started in 1912 and took four years to complete. The land on which the facility sat was donated by steel tycoon Andrew, Carne Andrew Carnegie. The graves of deceased patients were turned into a memorial outside the facility by then Pennsylvania First Lady Jenny Thornburg. Thornburg? I would say Thornburg, yeah. The memorial is maintained by <laughs> DOC maintenance employees and inmates at the facility. The facility reopened in 1987 as the State Correctional Institution and operated as such until 2013. Now, there was something that was mentioned on that Destination Pier episode from one of the investigators that uh, was talking about ex personal experiences there that they actually don't know how many people died when it was a tuberculosis sanatorium because a lot of people wouldn't come and claim the bodies the families wouldn't because they were afraid that they didn't want to spread it i mean it was that bad like there were some cemeteries that would even refuse for bodies to be buried there they did the same thing with cholera like cholera and tuberculosis mm -hmm. were two big ones where they wouldn't even allow the cemetery cemeteries wouldn't even allow the bodies to be buried there because they thought it would still spread even if even when the body was buried and um they were taking so these tunnels that are underneath it they were transporting bodies through these tunnels and they were just burying them in mass graves. A lot of them didn't get proper graves. So these graves of these deceased patients that they say they turned in this memorial, I don't know if that's where this mass grave was because that was mentioned on the show that that was kind of like a, a like that hasn't been verified that was just something that was always talked about because there was just such an overabundance of how many people were dying every single day they just didn't know what to do and nobody was coming to claim these bodies and they had to do something so they were just digging a big hole and just dumping them all and what else off, would you do you know site. i yeah it's just it's terrible wild to think though like potter's graves that's a crazy thing Mass graves, it's just such a wild thing to think about. Like, you just would do. Honestly, um, from everything that I read, it's very, it reminds me so much of Waverly. And, you know, I know mm -hmm. Waverly, ironic, I'm wearing my Waverly shirt right now. And I know that they were for the same thing, you know, tuberculosis and whatnot. But it's just, it sounds like they were all run kind of the same. Which is unfortunate for most people. You just didn't have the type of medications out yet until uh, antibiotics were available. People just were dying in droves. They didn't know what to do. And something that's airborne like that that affects you so quickly, 
when or it can take you over so so much that um it may not kill you quickly but it can happen upon you so quickly and if you don't have anything to treat it immediately you will yeah it's it's a horrible 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 way to die um so so yeah it was built in 1912 became the crescent sanatorium in 1916 in 1956 it was the lawrence flick um state hospital and then it closed in 1964 and then reopened in 1987 as the state correctional institution in crescent so this was a medium security all-male correctional facility um that was located on the same grounds as the uh sanatorium um on january 8th of 2013 state officials had announced that it would be closing and it officially closed june 30th of 2013. um under executive order of then governor dick thornburg um so the woman that was his wife was the one that gave the memorial did the memorial ceremony um in january of 83 the facility that was formerly Lawrence Frick Hospital for the Mentally Ill <laughs> was to be transferred to the Bureau of Corrections. And uh, a renovation process started that was allocated at $20.6 million, began in 1984, um, was finished by 1986, and opened in 1987. Um, and that I think that's the bigger, longer building that has the different cell blocks if you're watching the show to get a better visual. Um, so yeah, so that was an operation from 1987 until 2013. And because this is going to be talked about later on because he died there and his spirit still haunts the place, um joseph callinger was an inmate there um that died in the prison of a heart attack in 1996. um and he didn't die there but another famous uh inmate was john dupont now that is a crazy story this guy was um obsessed with wrestling started a wrestling he had all this money from the dupont family fortune if people know that name he founded this wrestling facility at his estate called Foxcatcher farm and um had trained like top level uh wrestlers ones that went on to the olympics um this guy became friends with one of the wrestlers and his brother and uh, for whatever reason, had a disagreement with the guy and uh, shot him and killed him on his estate. And the whole thing was just, yeah, his name was Dave Schultz. They had supposedly gotten into an argument. The whole thing is really crazy. I highly recommend people looking into it because it was a really, even john dupont himself as a person was kind of a weird character he sort of kind of reminded me um when we were doing research and decided to do the story about oh, what's his name the uh the guy whose wife went missing and then he shot his neighbor and then 
and cut the body up and then uh like he finally just got convicted like that like it took for was that the ever. one who literally confessed to everything on a microphone yeah yeah and they did the the hbo Wrong. the hbo uh thing Wrong. john john dupont reminded me so freaking much of that guy um now Joseph Callender, and I'm shocked we have never done a podcast yet about this guy because this he is his story is insane. He um was severely abused as a child, uh had um seven children and he all of his children he raised the same way, severely abused them. Um took his murdered one of his sons for an insurance policy and because it looked so suspicious he was never paid out took his 12 year old son two years later out on a killing spree where they tortured and um murdered people and he just seemed to have no robert durst yeah robert durst sorry <laughs> no, no no you're fine um he just seemed to have no qualms about what he did didn't care at all tried to plead mentally ill and that didn't work um but yeah, Joseph Callender's story is really crazy, and and he actually was on suicide watch the last eleven years that he was at the prison. He had actually previously, when um, he went through his first divorce before he married his second wife, and even in, in his second marriage, did many, many, many stints in and out of mental hospitals for suicide attempts, and uh, so he may have possibly been mentally ill. But who's to know if that contributed to him? murdering and torturing people along with his own son like and killed his own son and clearly did it for an insurance policy like you know i will never understand why anybody kills somebody for an insurance policy because it's so obvious and you're not it's beyond obvious like it's just it's to the point now like you're no <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> like, go to prison and just, not see any of that money so yeah it, it's you're you're not getting away with what's it the point at, at this you're what not is the going to get away with it at all no way no way you're gonna get away with it so, um, getting into the episode where, uh, Destination Fear was there, they talked about different areas, um, of the location itself where there were haunts and paranormal experiences. Now, ones that actually happened to them in particular, the ones that we were talking about, um, before we started the episode... There and this was actually talked about and mentioned by other uh, paranormal investigators that had previously gone in there. That there is a spirit that mimics you. It either mimics your voice, it mimics sounds, and what it mimicked when they were there is in the same day or in the same night um, that one of the guys was in one part, was in one building and knocked three times. Later that night when they were down in the tunnels, the response, the spirit mimicked the same three knocks, like in response, like that was the response because he was trying to get a three knock response and then he didn't get it later until they were in the tunnels. And it was like in the exact same succession of, of one, two, three. And that absolutely um, is insane to me that it didn't happen. Neither one of it happened right at the time it was just out of the fucking blue that it did it and it was something very specific to them mm -hmm. that's what gets me and he knew exactly what it was 
Yeah, because he didn't just... Because that's obvious. Like, right. anything can do that. But he he did a... Like, there were these pauses in between that were very specific that the spirit copied exactly. And then... This is really the creepiest part of the whole, the whole thing, both parts, was a music box that they, one of the guys had the first night that was used uh, kind of as a motion sensor. And if anything came close enough, it would set it off and it would play this creepy song. Well, the next night when they were in the tunnels, music box is in a completely different area, completely different building, locked up in a box nowhere around them they're not using it at all and they're down in these tunnels and they hear the i mean to a t unless somebody had that recorded on their phone or whatever it was the exact same music box sound they even went all the way back to the same building to make sure it was in there locked up just to verify that they didn't have it at, or that somebody else had taken it um I mean, that's crazy. That right there, I've never, you know, they EVPs have been wild in many places. There have been maybe you, it sounded like somebody's same voice. You would hear it off camera on different shows I've seen, but nothing, nothing that was that a sound specific. like that. That was that like a specific. song like that, that a really, really, really specific song. It takes a lot for me to watch ghost shows and actually go, like, actual gasp or actual, like, holy shit moments. That was one of them. Yeah. When they just started playing. And I was like, was that the fucking music box that they don't even have on them right now? The very first time I watched it, I was terrified. I was like, what the fuck? terrified me. That's one of the best episodes of, like, ghost TV I've ever seen. Like, it was... Oh my god, it was so good. And in not with the mimic and then the whole thing with audio. They had so much audio shit going on in in Crescent. Like one of the big things well, this is one of the first things that happened since you were just talking about Joseph. Um when they were in his cell block and they did an EVP session and you hear him ask the first question mm-hmm. and then it goes silent. Yeah. Like the, the EVP, the camera that's on them is recording them doing it. So they have proof that they were talking, but the EVP catches this question and then just cuts off and it, it didn't record the rest of nope. it at all. It's just dead silent to give you a, for instance, it's kind of like in the conjuring when he goes from the first occurrence and you're seeing them talking, but when he plays it back, nothing's there. Yeah, it's, it's not, the same thing. It's not playing Mrs. Perrin's voice when Ed recorded her. Like, you don't hear anything. Um, and then when... T- no, I almost said Tanner. His name is not Tanner. Wait, is this... Yeah, yeah, Tanner. Tanner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tanner. I can't want to call him Connor for some reason. Um, for the same name as <laughs> Tanner was in the... Was he in the tunnels... No, he wasn't in the tunnels. I do not remember what... Was it the administrative building? Maybe. And he just... Every camera microphone started to lose audio. I mean, he started to... Every single microphone on every camera and every mic that he had lost audio. He had no audio. And he just started... 
it just went from bad to worse really quick. He couldn't communicate with anybody on the walkie-talkie because um, he was trying to get a hold of the other guy and could not communicate at all. It wasn't coming through, and he just bailed. He was like, I'm out Well, what's here. actually crazy is that you see him react to something, mm-hmm. but you can't hear it. The first audio went out. The second audio went out. He reacts to something. Come to find out, it was the fucking music box. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was. And you couldn't hear. He's like, well, we should have caught it on audio. He didn't know at the time that it went out. Yeah. Yeah. He could hear it. So it's like camera one goes out. Camera two audio goes out. His walkie's not working. Then all of a sudden he jumps and bails because he hears something. And then he hears the, and then he come to find out it was the fucking music box again. And it's something like, I think it was Alex that said it when he said, they know that it scares us. They know that that, that mimic knows that that particular noise scares them. And that's the one that it keeps using. Yeah. And that's the one that the, in the beginning, when they were interviewing the other paranormal investigators, they were saying that that particular, this mimic, this mimicking spirit could possibly be using and that's the dark spirit that Mm -hmm. is in the chapel is using the tunnels to move from building to building because they said some of the buildings especially like the older ones and i think there's the one that's for the kids feels safer typically no because i thought they said that it was usually in the children's ward but it moves throughout the tunnels Mm, I thought there was a chapel because there was an entrance to the tunnel in the chapel. Well, there was one I in the chapel, saying but that. it wasn't the mimic spirit. It was that thing that looked like a demon. Basically, oh, okay, it's so it's the they... dark. That's right. It's the dark one, and then the mimicking spirit. Yeah, is in the other word. But yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. What if they are the same thing? You know, there's and the way that they say that it watches. Apparently, someone saw something perched like a gargoyle on the building. They very well the mimic in that thing could be the same. So from what was mentioned in the, so in the administrative building itself, which is the oldest building on site, there's been full body apparitions. um, And that was even when the sanitarium was actually in operation. That was when it was open that they would walk outside doctors and people that work there would walk outside the building and actually see full body apparitions moving inside so that was when it was still in operation the children's ward which was so yeah so the ghost that mimics is in the children's ward ward that was built in 1930s that was the one that was built specifically for children that were being treated for tuberculosis the uh mimicking ghost is in that location there's also the aggressive spirit called the creeper um and really aggressive evps are picked up in that area as well um is it the minecraft creeper right (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) probably not um the tunnels that are connected to every building building there are immediate temperature drops and people constantly feel like they're being followed no thank you um And then in the F block, which was the mental health ward of the prison, REM pods are extremely active, EVPs are extremely active, and when the prison was open, guards would would report at night after they'd locked all the prisoners up in their cell and done a head count, they would see shadow figures dart in and out between the empty cells and down the hallways. 
Um, I'd be like, man, I don't get paid enough for this shit. No. <laughs> so then in the newer part of the property where the prison was located, building four, which was I block, that was the one where Joseph uh, Callender's cell was. Um, J block, which was the largest cell block and actually the newest one that was built, I think they said in like 2008 or something, something like a few that. years before the prison itself actually closed down. There were two inmates in that cell block that committed suicide that apparently people, that's apparently what's so active in there or that contributes to the activity in there. REM pods are extremely active. People smell sulfur and um, men are always messed with more than women. Women are usually left in, left alone. Me, women are usually left alone. Men are always messed with in J-Block. In the chapel, there's a really dark energy that moves in and out between the tunnels through their, through the entrance. There's a crawling entity that crawls across the ceiling that has no. claws. No, no. Um, and doors also slam by themselves. And in E-Block... This is where it was reported that uh, women are more messed with than men. Women are actually touched. Their hair is pulled if they have long hair. Um, a lot of audible noises are heard and shadow figures are moving around. Um, so what you're basically saying... So these are saying... all reports from other people that have been... That have uh, investigated around the area. So what you're basically saying is every single building is haunted as fuck. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> in short, much. and it sounds to me like the there either one, two, or more of these spirits are using the tunnels mm -hmm. to move around to move around to the. Different it almost buildings. seems like it's the dark, the dark ones that are moving, which makes sense because those would be the ones. That and definitely like, that mimicking one because that's where they yeah got the. They got box. that recorded in three or four different areas. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that thing does ha it does move around. No, thank you. And then like you were saying, it knew that the sound of that music box was what was scaring them the most. So that was the sound that it kept mimicking. Because one of the other investigators that talked about experiences and was talking about the mimicking spirit said that um, what happened to him personally is he was hearing somebody else's voice on the walkie-talkie and it wasn't that person, but he heard, he heard their exact voice. It was coming through on the walkie-talkies. Mm-hmm. No. And I was like, no. 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 I was like, absolutely fucking not. But Don't they say there's something really, or is it a doppelganger I'm thinking of? When they say there's something evil about mimics too. Or is it just a doppelganger? That's doppelgangers. Just doppelgangers? That's just doppelgangers. But, um, I, you know what, I would even, I would be interested for portals to hell to go to a place like this, because I don't even know if you could necessarily say that there was a portal there, or maybe more so that the history, so we've talked about places, okay, Indiana State Sanatorium, prime example, mm -hmm. tuberculosis sanatorium, then sits empty, turned into this old folks home mm -hmm. then it closes down so you're seeing all of this death and suffering 
spanning over decades, but kind of in two different situations. You're seeing people dying horribly suffering from tuberculosis and then people that are elderly and forgotten that unfortunately completely unfortunately forgotten that are being mistreated that are not because this place was not being funded properly not being taken care of properly people were wandering off grounds people were not being taken care of people were being fed properly it just a whole bunch of different things were happening so you just saw so much suffering in one area that you start to wonder if all of that suffering kind of comes together and maybe like all of these spirits start to create i don't even know if you'd necessarily say like a portal or like one big giant like black hole of just energy because they're all coming together and i think when you think in terms of suffering so you take that example of indiana state state sanatorium and you sort of like up to the umpteenth degree with this place where you've got the sanatorium first where you not only have adults but you also have children that are afflicted with tuberculosis suffering going through these different surgeries that are horrible and painful and not helping and some of them even die afterwards and all that suffering you take that then you later it's incorporated into a home for the mentally ill. Who knows how they were treated? Who knows if they were abused? I would say not We've well. Seen so many stories where we know <laughs> that that happens so commonly for so many of the same reasons: underfunded, overcrowded. Uh, just the system fails completely. So you have allegedly that going on because really we don't know, but you can kind of guess possibly. So you've got that part of it. Then you have a fucking prison and it was largely reported, even in this episode, even that Destination Fear episode, it was lar- it was mentioned that it was largely reported that inmates were severely abused mm-hmm. at this place. Guards just, either they abused each other, hence, or, or guards abused the shit out of them for fun. Hence the reason that those two inmates killed themselves. I'm sure that contributed to it. You get so tired of that. You may not have that long of a sentence, but it's long enough and you would rather take this way out than continue to put up with abuse by your fellow inmates or the guards. And it's almost like it's even worse with the guards because they are the ones that's supposed to protect you. So if Mm -hmm. you're getting abused by other inmates... And then you think the guards are going to be the one to protect you and they don't, you know, and that's what contributed to the prison shutting down. And that's, well, that's what happens with a lot of these prisons. These inmates complain about it being overrun and uh, underfunded and uh, they're, they're not getting adequate anything. They're not getting food. They're not getting, you know, even being treated like a human being at all. At all, you know, and I'm and I'm not. Listen, we could go back and forth on that, um, but you know, it is what it is, and ethically, you have a certain amount of standards that you have to follow that were set in place for prisons, and you know, they were set in place there for a reason. So, um. Yeah, it's just wild when you think of 
how many different things in separate incarnations happened at this area. And you've got so much that you wonder if it just like all over a hundred years just all built up and wound up together and just this one big giant ball of massive energy. And I don't, maybe, I don't even know if I would, I don't know if you would necessarily categorize it as a portal though. I don't know. I don't remember. I was watching something. I know you've seen it too. It was either a show or a movie. I don't remember, but it it was a valid point. When you have so much suffering in one place, they had a, it was real. It wasn't a movie. It was a show on something. They had a spirit that was there that was evil, but it wasn't a demon. And they claimed it to be basically it manifested itself because of all the hate and the anger and the suffering that happened in this place. I almost want to say it was Waverly, but I, I could be wrong. And that big thing that goes through the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I have been hearing a lot, you know, when you think about it, like these places, it's not necessarily a demon or a portal per se, but when you have concocted, Basically, a giant fucking cauldron of... That's what I'm trying to say. So yes. Yes. much. Yes. You have the literal perfect ingredients mm-hmm. for a any type of haunting. You've got mm-hmm. good memories, bad memories, suffering, pain, anger, happiness. It like just, you it's have, a firestorm of... It's a perfect storm. It's a literal perfect storm. And Crescent Sanatorium is a giant fucking cauldron for a perfect storm of that paranormal Mm -hmm. activity. So could that create a a portal? I don't know. Could could you have enough energy somewhere and terrible energy that you could actually create a portal? I don't know. It's very possible. It's kind of like, you know, I I 100% believe there's a portal in... um, Skinwalker Ranch, you know, you've got, it, was it, are portals made? Are they already there? Or is it possible for them to happen because of so much energy in one place? You know, you don't have places like that really anymore, even though there are prisons and people are still absolutely horribly mistreated in prisons. That's not really what I'm saying. But these older places that are not, you know, that have been through so much pain and suffering... Can something like that create a portal? Yeah. You know? Because you've got so much. It's just like we were saying. You've got a giant cauldron creating a perfect storm. Can that perfect storm create a portal due to how much energy is just flowing in and out of that area? So, yeah. No, I would love portals to hell to go to to somewhere like that. Well, then, like you were describing, too, when there's not just... Even though the suffering... And the painful energy is sometimes the most mm-hmm. prominent. There wasn't just that. There mm-hmm. were all of these energies. There was everything. 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 Over a really, really, really long time. You're talking over a hundred years. And you're just in your little village in the middle of the woods. Just you and exactly what it, yeah. just right here away from society. You're just kind of on your own. 
Because when it was first the not, sanatorium, not just, not just the tuberculosis sanatorium, but also the mental hospital and the prison, you are stuck there. Mm -hmm. You're stuck there. In your mind, you're not leaving. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, so, I feel like every single emotion that you could ever feel was felt in these places. Which, like I said, creates spirit soup. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we just for call real. It, we'll call it spirit soup. And all I keep thinking, I know for me, I keep thinking back to, uh, oh God, see, this is a, this is another thing that would be great is doing the Estes method, doing the. Could you imagine doing in a that place there? like that? Whew. Yeah. Yeah, doing a doing a spirit box session. You know, in that place we should uh figure and, out how to get that app and, and the, actually do in that. the tunnels like doing in the tunnels mm -hmm. oh my god at that we, we should but i mean like specifically that place because then okay so the first question is going to be well then where would you do it okay well then if we know and it's been said before i think that was even something that was mentioned oh okay so uh ghost hunters the newer season of that show, um, them along with Ghost Brothers, went, those three guys, they all went to Crescent as well. And that was another thing that was mentioned is that they are using these tunnels, these spirits are using these tunnels to travel back and forth. So if you say, okay, if they, if you were to have, if you were to do a spirit box session as this method there in that location, the tunnels. The tunnels. It would make perfect sense. Imagine how wild that would be. That's oh my god. That would what be I absolutely was here, insane. You know, to to be someone that's done it personally myself and what I was hearing through those headphones was just everything. I can't I the, the one word I can if if I had to describe it in one word, the the only one word that comes to mind is overwhelming. Because I couldn't there hear what so... they were saying, but I could hear through your headphones. Well, they like were all the... talking at one time. Yeah. So it That's was what just... it sounded like. It's not like you were in a conference room. They were all talking like. at one time. And then when I would hear, when you could hear one come through, then that was the one I would say. I would say, rather. Like, that was when you could hear one come through, then that was the one I would say. Because you're here... It, it's so strange to even describe unless you've done it yourself, but you're right. It's almost like you're on a conference call or you're in a conference room. It sounded like you were wearing headphones and you were on a Zoom call. That's what it sounds like. And you're hearing like. all of these voices talking at the exact same time. And then every once in a while, there would be one voice that would come in clear above all the rest. Now, don't get me wrong. The rest don't stop talking. You're still, <laughs> you're still hearing... Um, all of these other voices in the background, just random, you know, because you don't, and then, because you don't know if that's people having conversations, if that's residual energies where, where it's just kind of looping. Um, you don't know if they're talking to themselves. You don't, you have no idea. You have absolutely no idea, but it is all happening. And, and if they're, if all of them are cognizant of one another, too, that's the other thing. Can, do you they, remember can that, they hear each other? Do you remember that Kindred Spirits episode where the mother and daughter didn't even know they were in the same house? Mm -hmm. 
that fucked me up. And they actually helped connect them. Mm-hmm. And that, that fucked me up. So that actually made me realize not all spirits are aware that other spirits are actually there. Right. Which is insane to me. Yeah. I did. I mean, it, it I never really thought about that much before, but mm-hmm. now the more I think about it, especially after that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Especially if you died in different time frames. Yeah. And you sort of end up on... I don't know. Do you want to say different sides? Because everybody has their own interpretations of the afterlife. And to me, if you're a spirit here, I feel like you're kind of stuck. But then I think you could be stuck on a completely different side than you could be in the same place, but stuck in a completely different side of the after plane or whatever you want to call it than someone that would be in the same exact location you, you are. I wonder if there are different degrees plane of existence like yeah yeah i think there is some spirits choose to stay i think there is some spirits don't are stuck some spirits are kind of in a loop or whatever i'm i'm wondering if it's like seven degrees of kevin bacon like there's just different degrees of a spiritual plane right and which would make sense as to why two spirits in the same house have no idea of the other one's existence exactly that episode was really sad, by the way. I That was a good episode, though. That was insane. That was one more recent, too, where they were talking about... Because that was another thing, too, about people... Uh, just to bring that up, about people that don't know and they want to cross over, but they don't know how. Or they have Does some that... type of unfinished business that they need to do. Which, yeah. It's just... It's wild. Yeah, that whole thing. The afterlife is wild, bruh. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and I think that's why it's interesting when you have places like this where you have so much happen and it makes me wonder if some of them are stuck. Well, it just, I think, I think if you say, I think if you think in terms of a place like this, if it was uh, because of the suffering. They're, mm-hmm. they're stuck. And maybe that has more to do with, like we were saying about that being an area that in life they felt stuck there. So in death they feel stuck. That would make stuck. perfect sense. And then, um, well, and too, when it was a prison, you know, that was something when we, what was that? Was that Virginia? West Virginia. West Virginia Penitentiary mm-hmm. in Moundsville where they were saying where so many prisoners were terrified. Prisoners were terrified to die in prison. Because if you died in prison, that meant that you were stuck there. You were never, ever, ever going to leave. Um, which I think that could be said not just for that prison, but any prison. Any yeah, of any, them, any of them. Any, any one of them that was felt. So I just couldn't imagine. What I'm thinking about is how you were talking about that experiment how it was at Indiana State Sanatorium, imagine how that would sound at Crescent. Yeah. When you have a It's going to be the same thing, but just magnified. Yeah, just loud. Yeah, there's going to be so many... It's going to be the same thing. There's going to be a million voices. I am very glad that she got us to do that, though. Yeah, that the ex- more I think I'm really glad that we did that. Um, I mean, I got the shit scared out of me, point. but it's fine. Because it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing to do, and you see it done so many times, and you really wonder... 
when you've seen it, when you're watching somebody go through it, you're like, how in the world is that even happening? And how, what are they going through in that moment? And it could be a completely different, because I think one of the newer episodes of Kindred Spirits, they're in a, a, a house where Adam was the one doing it with the headphones and, and blindfold and whatnot. And he kept, whatever was trying to communicate with him kept touching him. And he kept going, you've got, you've got to stop touching me. You've got to stop. Like it was so intense. Oh wow! And he just wanted to be done immediately. Cause this thing, just whatever the spirit was, just would not leave him alone, would not stop touching him. Um, so yeah, it can be overwhelming in completely different ways, depending on the area and the situation and, and what's, and what is happening in that moment in that particular location. I mean, so, I love getting the shit scared out of me, and that's exactly what those spirits did for me that night. So <laughs> they scared well, the shit out of me. Do you have anything else? That's all I got for Crescent. Let's go to Crescent right now. <laughs> no, not not right now. Hell no, not right now. Not right now. Um, okay. But yeah, guys, we hope you enjoyed that episode. Um if anybody has been or is planning on going, oh, yes. please, we're going to drop an email as always, like we do at the end of the episode, episode, and please email us and let us know your experience. We would love to know people's personal experiences because, um, you know, we read off some, but everybody can have completely different things happen to them in places where, you you know, not not one person is going to have the same exact experience. So if anybody has been... Um, or like we said, if you're even planning on going, uh, we'd love to know. Love me to know. and you can stand in the exact same spot and have different experiences. It's right. Wild. That's what I'm saying. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> so even in the, yeah. So yeah, of course. Um, well, before getting into all of that, um, next week we're going to be talking about another type of paranormal, true crime into paranormal. Cause it's, it, it's both. Uh, the Velisca ass <laughs> ass murders. I'm sorry, Velisca ass acts asks. That is so hard to say. Velisca acts. There we axe. go. Velisca axe murders. Acts. <laughs> Acts. Axe. I'm like, what is happening? That word. It's when I'm. You? It's when I'm putting it with Velisca. Velisca acts. That is a tough word. Velisca acts. Acts. <laughs> You're going to have to go Velisca. Pause. I'm going to go Velisca Bel- on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, so we're this, gonna... was, this is kind of similar to Amityville, where there was a brutal murder that happened, and then the location has been heavily, heavily, heavily haunted ever since by really, really, really dark energy. It's that is somewhere I actually much, do not want to go. It's pretty much, oh no, no, mm-hmm. no, no. It's pretty much the same in that instance, except that Velisca, they are still unsolved to this day. They have no idea who committed the murders. Um, it happened in 1912, got completely, uh, fun fact, got completely overshadowed by the Titanic sinking. Um, that made worldwide news, even though that happened in April and this happened in June. It just still didn't make, it still didn't make the news as big as Titanic did that year. And um, yeah, it's still unsolved. And um, 
Uh, also, unlike Amityville, it is not a private residence. It is open for tours and overnights. No, thank you. And we will not. Um, like we said, even though Crescent, we'd kind of like to. The only thing that would be stopping us is the money, money, the trip, everything else. Um, this place, no. I absolutely do not want to go. Demon? <laughs> I absolutely. there. I remember, I think it was an earlier Ghost Adventures episode, and they interviewed, there was a family that lived in the house for years before it was bought and opened to the public, and there were two young girls, there were two women that are sisters that when they were younger, their rooms were upstairs, I think in the same rooms, because there were children, it was a whole family that was murdered there. So it was in the same room that these kids were murdered. And these two girls had horrible, horrible experiences in that house as kids. Like even as adults being back in the house and going back in that same room was just really, really difficult for them because they could still feel how dark the energy was in that place. People get so dizzy when they walk in there. It's I'm actually really, surprised really, really we haven't talked about it before, to be honest. Yeah, me either. I mean, there was a movie made of the mm-hmm. the movie is terrible. It's um, not worth. Did you see it? Yes. Did you watch it? Oh my god! Oh my god! The movie was so because I went through a phase um, where I like got really obsessed with that case. I did too. So yeah. I watched like anything I could find. I on did it, too, and I really regret that movie. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> it's not good. Um. But yeah, I I did the same thing, and um, I'm glad we're talking about it now. Mm-hmm. So tune in next week. Velisca acts. There you go. We're gonna on it. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta work on it. I gotta. You gotta. You gotta. Week. That's fine. <laughs> all right, guys. So of course you know we have the socials: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All at DFWTO Podcast. Handle DFWTO eighty eight eleven. If you have any questions, concerns, want to say hey, or give us experiences, or just suggestions or whatever you want to talk to if us about. If you've been to the Velisca house, mm-hmm. write us, let we us know what happened. We love hearing paranormal experiences. Yeah. I could literally get 1,700 emails of that a day and I'd read every single totally one of them. Agree. I love paranormal experiences because I love just hearing what people experience themselves because like Becky was saying, we Personal have experiences so are many different things depending on the person. Exactly. Yeah. So please email us DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. Also follow us and subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. And you'll always know when we put a new episode out. The rates and reviews really help on Spotify. So please, yes. please, please boost, And iTunes. Boost us on Spotify. Um, and one last thing, don't forget, our merch is on sale right now, uh, 20% off if you use the code SPRING20. I'm sorry. I almost <laughs> forgot to. <laughs> spring. I saw it Spotify in the brain. I was like, no, don't type in Spotify. Jesus, that's not the freaking code. <coughs> Spotify 20. Wouldn't even make sense. No. <laughs> spring20. Spring20, and you'll get 20% off your order, which will pretty much take off your shipping, uh, which will make it cheaper anyway and uh they're great shirts the wednesday shirt is amazing the get a mug the mugs are cool i really like the mugs um but yeah so i think that's everything is that everything i think we got it i think we got it i had to go through my head too i was like (laughs) like, did we we plug promote all the stuff (laughs) i think we we got it we plugged and promoted all right guys well we hope you guys have a wonderful wonderful week 
I need to go to bed. <laughs> Wonderful week. We love you guys. And remember, don't, don't fuck with the original. Okay, bye.